0: All right, welcome to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I'm producer Chris Cervello. We are bringing you a bonus podcast this week, our men's and women's basketball preview edition. Both John and Wags had an opportunity as part of the Navy men's and women's basketball media day. They had an opportunity to talk to Coach DeCellis, Coach Taylor, as well as the respective men's and women's captains. So over the next 30 minutes, we'll bring you those questions and answers and get you fired up and ready for men's and women's basketball. Our first interview is with Navy coach Ed DeCellis. Coach DeCellis enters his 11th season as the head coach of the Mids, his 26th year as a head coach, and his 40th season as a collegiate coach. DeCellis has guided Navy to 109 victories over the last seven seasons, including 66 wins in league regular season games. This is after the program had totaled 116 overall wins and 51 victories against league foes in the previous 10 years. Also, Navy has advanced to the semifinal round of the Patriot League tournament in two of the last five seasons, in 2017 and 2019, after having not appeared in the round since 2001. The Mids have improved upon their Patriot League preseason poll prediction by at least three positions in six of the last seven years. So without further ado, here's the Q;A with Coach Ed Decellis.
1: My first question, not that I'm not interested in the real basketball stuff, but you know, on one of our episodes last year, you talked pretty revealingly about all the practice you had to do for the COVID restrictions. you know, hey, here's how we come in and sit on the bench, here's when we wipe down the seats. With the evolution of where this pandemic is, Are there any, like, just logistical and operational differences that you can expect this year with regard to the pandemic with how you do your day-to-day basketball ops?
2: Yeah, great question, John. We're we're still – we are still very cautious. In fact, uh, I had a meeting the other day with our our head trainer, Hannah, and um, about – you know, the seats on the bench. We had a scrimmage with VMI. We still separated everybody. Everybody's names were still on the back of the chairs. She's still wiping down the chairs after guys stood up. We still had a timeout area at the end of the bench and stools. Um, we don't have to mask now for the timeouts, which which <laughs> makes life a little easier. Guys don't have to run to their chair and grab their mask. Uh, but we're still very, very cautious, to be quite honest with you. We're 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 you know, we spoke about how the other teams, how the bench is going to be because now they're going to have fans. Right. Because last year, the things were pushed back and you had more space. So we're anxious to see what kind of seating we'll have on the road. But I can tell you at home, we're going to have, we're going to our chairs are going to be um, separated. A player's name, coaches' names will be on the chairs where we sit. Uh, we're going to try to have some separation. There's going to be a timeout area at the end of the bench. So we're going to do some of the things that we did last year. Our guys wear their masks inside when they come into Halsey. Uh, they have their mask uh, on their on their chairs in practice. So if we get together, they mask up. Uh, as a staff, we're still working on a Halsey. Um you know, I, I don't, uh, I get my second or third shot tomorrow. Um, John Perry's on our staff. He's got a infant. We don't want to do anything to bring a COVID situation home to Charlie. Uh, I'm 62, diabetes, stroke. I don't, I don't need to get this thing. So we mask up. So we're still working out of Halsey or uh, we go out in the court today, this morning and walk through some things. So John, you know, short answer would be we're, we're still very cautious about what we're doing, and uh, and Hannah's still trying to keep us in, in check um, because it's really easy to let your guard down. And because um, I've just read and heard, you know, there's breakthrough cases with folks who have been vaccinated. So uh,
1: we are, uh, I'd say we're still in the, in the cautious phase. So quick follow-up from me, Coach, um, and yeah, more along the lines of basketball X's and O's, so we're talking about COVID. There's been a lot, you know, said about COVID years that players are getting. Like Colin Gillespie for Villanova is a preseason first team All-American coming back, you know, through the generosity of a COVID year. Redshirt years and COVID years don't exist at the US Naval Academy. So walk me through how you think this affects the competitive balance and how the Naval Academy team who doesn't get this benefit you know, can can still compete against teams who are getting extra years and extra guys.
2: Well, it it is what it is. It's not changing. There's nothing we can do about that. We I just got to prepare our guys, um, you know, for what we're going to see throughout the uh, throughout the year. Some, you know, we'll we'll face against some older teams. We're an older team. You know, I, I say this. Uh, we've got some kids that went to Naps, so there's an extra year for us, and and so. I got John Carter who went to NAPS. I got Greg Summers who went to NAPS who will play a lot. I got Austin Inge who play a lot, went to NAPS, and P.J. Roach and Pat Dorsey, we getting him healthy. Uh, Jalen Walker went to NAPS. So that's an extra year for those guys. Uh, so we we won't use it as, as an excuse. I can I can uh, assure you that. I got to be honest, when we talk about our guys in the league, You know when our guys are trying to put it together, like who left and who's back? the transfer portal has been more, more relevant. I think in a sense that, you know, guys pick up guys and they don't have to sit. And so we're trying to research guys that, you know, maybe came from different places that maybe aren't, you know, names institutions, but are really good players. And they they got really good numbers. And so, you know, we're trying to find, you know, we're trying to get film and video on those guys that are coming, transferring into the Patriot League. It is what it is. It's not changing. It didn't change. And, you know, we we deal with some different things that other institutions don't. Um, But it doesn't change what our what we feel as a staff and a players in terms of our expectations for our program.
3: You said the strong non-conference schedule, the Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville run was on purpose. And then you kind of indicated it's because you think you got a championship team and you're trying to prime them for NCAA play. Is that the, the answer why you're bulked up the schedule? Yeah. I, well, it, it, it's,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh Louisville was a game that we were going to play last year. We couldn't play. We had a signed contract. So we had to go ahead and play it this year. Um, we also got George Mason in there. Yeah. I, I think our, we got an older team. We got a lot of guys that's played a lot of minutes and, um, you know, I think we have enough talent to, to win games in a non-conference. Is it going to be challenging? Absolutely it's going to be challenging. Well, Patriot League season is going to be challenging for us as well. So let's try to uh, – we, we tried to schedule, you know, like I said, Louisville was from last year and Virginia popped up. And, and uh, Virginia Tech, we got in the Veterans Classic. we always going to play somebody really talented there and always a Power 5 team. So that one is, has always been there. Um, Louisville was from last year, so we added Virginia. And then George Mason as well as a team in the Atlantic 10 that, um, you know, we had to return Marist. We, we had to return some games. So uh, we had to return Mount St. Mary's. So we got some games on the road. And the COVID year, you know, uh, hurt us in the sense that we had to return some of these things this year rather than last year.
3: So obviously Cam Davis was the go-to guy. At the end of games, he wanted the ball in his hands. He was going to take the big shot. Yep. Who's yep, doing that this yep. year? I mean, I don't think- know. No, yeah, Bill, that's a great
2: question. Uh, you should have been in the stat meeting this morning at nine. You could have helped answer that because uh, we were talking about late game scenarios, late game situations. Uh, we, we, we you know, we do a drill. I don't know if we're practicing six days, three or four of the six days. We do a victory drill at the end of practice, uh, which simulates, Late game scenarios. So I, you know, I put guys blue, gold, blue, you're up two, you're shooting a free throw, could put you up three, gold, what are we going to do? We, You know, we give scenarios. Uh, I don't know who that guy is yet. It may be the guy that's playing well that night. Um, as right now, if uh, if we need to drive it, try to drive the ball and, and get it to uh, the basket, I might have Summers drive it. If we need a jump shot, I'm going to have Carter shoot it or Dorsey. Uh, when he gets back. So if we need to score inside, um, you know, maybe it's Richard Njoku. I run something to get him the ball to try to go to work inside. I think it's going to be a uh, whoever I feel is playing well and wherever we have the mismatch. Last year, Cam was the mismatch. I don't think guys could really guard him. He was a really talented young guy, and, uh, and he knew, you know, what we were doing, and he played for three years. And so he wanted that. I don't know who's going to want the shot yet, Bill. I'm going to have to put guys in a position to, as we continue to practice and go through this non-conference, that they, you know, there's some guys I think can do it. They just don't know it yet. Um, But if somebody's got a hot hand in the game, that's who I'm going to, uh, depending on what we need uh, as of right now.
3: So kind of dovetailing with that, um, and I'm not trying to pick on them, but, when I first saw John Carter as a plebe, I said, this guy's going to be a multi-time first-team All-Patriot League player. And it hadn't happened. Um, and now it's, it's the end of the line's coming. He's a senior. I yep. mean, is John Carter going to take the ball by the way Yeah, horns? I think he's, he's had runner. a better
2: – I think he's had a really good fall so far. He's been very, very consistent for us. He's shot the ball pretty well. Um, you know, last year, I would say to your year before, his shot, you know, he just lost it. Um, Worked hard, worked hard, worked hard, was frustrated by it. Uh, I think his growth and maturity, he's a very, very mature young man now. And uh, I think that's really helped him. Um, He's had a good fall. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think he's a better defensive player, as, uh, as I ask him to be. I think he's a better rebounder, which I've asked him to be. So he's done the things that I've asked him to do. And, um, you know, but we've got I don't think we had anybody on the all conference preseason team, which is fine. Um, we'll, we'll use that as well. So, um, yeah, John's going to have a good year for us. I, I think John's going to have a really good year. I, I think our seniors are going to have a good year for us. And um, which will help propel us to where we
3: get to where we want to go. Last for me, what do you want to say about your team captain, Richard Njoko? Uh, He shows how far Richard's come, that he's a team captain here at Navy.
2: Yeah, great,
3: great young man. Uh, Great, great young man.
2: Uh, You know, I always wanted, you know, our captain to be the hardest worker, and Rich is really a hard worker. He is really a hard worker on the court. Uh, I've had to ask him some days, Rich, he'd throw his body around, and he's flying over to the scores table again, and... Uh, you know, you got to, you know, you got so much tread on the tire and uh, make those plays when it's, you know, when the game's on. But you got to try to, I don't want you to get hurt here. But uh, everybody respects Richard. Uh, that's why he's a captain, not only on the floor, but off the floor. He's very good for the younger players. Uh, the road hasn't been easy for him. He's he's worked really hard academically. He's really worked hard in the weight room. He's worked hard on the court to try to make himself a better player. He's more skilled, uh, so he's worked in every aspect. Bill, and, and so it's a credit to him that the guys feel really comfortable with him being uh, the team captain. Provided very good leadership. I can tell you, he hasn't. He's you know he's a, he's staying on the sideline every practice, but it's different when he's not in there. It is different. And uh, we're hoping to get him back today to dummy some offense and let him shoot some. And uh, I'm hoping by next week that he's hopefully his full go.
0: The captain of the Navy men's basketball team is number 55, Richard Njoku. A 6'7", 235-pound English major from Washington, D.C., Njoku started all 15 games he played in last year. And totaled 114 points after only scoring 83 combined points as a freshman and sophomore. Here is our question and answer session with the Navy captain.
1: Thank you for joining us. Hey, my first question is really, what, what do you think about being handed the mantle of the captain's the captaincy for the, your team? Um, you know, it's not just being a three striper; it's it's having the responsibility and the authority in the hall, in the locker room. Um, it's a great honor. Can you just kind of encapsulate what it's like to be selected as the leader of this team?
4: Absolutely. I think it's just probably something that's just impacted me just the way that my teammates have that trust and level of like leadership under me. I think it's just really impressive to see that I was voted in this position. We had like an amazing array of senior leaders: Greg Summers, John Carter, and Christian Silva. And to be the guy out of those four is just amazing. And also the big thing for me with this being a captain is also just being able to lean on my other seniors. I think that's one of the biggest part. just the way we've been able to stick together for these past four years is just knowing that if I have any questions or if I feel like I need an extra opinion on something, I can always rely on my seniors. I know that that message is going to relate through the entire team.
3: Richard, um, Cam Davis was the go-to guy with the end of games. That's who usually had the ball in his hands. Making plays, who's going to take it on that role of stepping up down the stretch and making big shots when they really need them?
4: I'll say uh, for sure it's going to be our two senior guards, John Carter and uh, Greg Summers taking those shots as well. And then one of the big things as well is just, just our depth. I mean, we have a lot of guys who are coming out the game, Patrick Dorsey, Jalen Walker, Tyler Nelson, all these guys. I mean, we have that could hit those big shots when it comes down, just that, that balanced approach that we have, especially this year. You know, last year Cam was the man, and, and I love him for that. And he was able to take those big pressure shots, whether he made them or missed them. It's just knowing that he was going to do that for us, and he always took that responsibility. And just now just having this balanced approach, just having all these upperclassmen we have this year is just really an awesome opportunity.
3: You talked about the junior class. Yes. Uh, are there anyone other than the obvious of guys stepping up other than Yoder, Nelson, Walker, guys that we are familiar with? That have already played considerable action. Any other juniors you're talking about that are stepping up?
4: I'll say uh definitely Nate Allison. Uh he's uh probably gonna be in our that three spot for us taking the uh, minutes that uh, Alec Lair used to have for us, just having that extra depth going down for the five, four position. I think he's been looking great in practice He's so just a workforce and animal is that a lot stronger this year. You guys gonna see that. But I mean he's just He's an animal and just love the way that he competes and just knowing that he's continue to take these next steps. And, of course, all the names that you have mentioned, all these guys, they're doing really well in practice and they're really competing. I love the way practice has been going. We're just actually just bumping in and getting after it together.
3: Well, and then last for me, uh, Cam Davis was also the point guard, and that's the kind of one glaring spot that needs to be filled. Um, you got a lot of other returning talent at the other positions. Uh, how's the point guard play looked in practice
4: uh, I think it's been looking great. Uh, we have Austin Inge, uh, also PJ Roach, running that one one spot. Rex Summers coming coming in there as well, trying to uh, see what we could do. Uh, it's just awesome because we have that as, again. It's just like just that balanced attack. All these guys, we practiced the one, two, and three positions, and they're able to facilitate the basketball, get people to ball in open spots, and also make sure they get be able to hit that shot if need be.
1: Richard, uh, last from me, um, you know. The, the, the big kid Aldama from Loyola gets drafted last year. You still have C.J. McCollum in the league. Is there something you want to say about how competitive the Patriot League is, um, the level of athleticism? You know, you're not just starting off, you know, at JPJ against a really good Tony Bennett coached Virginia team. Uh, but then you have Virginia Tech, and then you have a really good Patriot League. How do you, how do you summarize how good the Patriot League has become and is, uh, particularly when everyone gives all this attention to all the other big conferences?
4: I think definitely is a sleeper conference. I mean, you have all these guys. I mean, as you said, Santi Aldama, CZ McCullen, and there's so many different guys. And just knowing a uh, point guard from Colgate this past year, he was able to get a con- just recently signed a contract with NBA team. I mean, it's just like you have so many different guys in this conference, and when they, when you, get, when you see that they're able to play in all these different levels, you just realize how much talent is truly here. I mean, it's really cool to see we get to play against some of the best players in the conference, and then also we're going to get to play a lot of players in the non-conference as well. I mean, just be able to compete. I mean, the games, the basketball is just a game of runs. Like a Coach always tells us, and any team you get beat, and then you have all these wonderful athletes on each team. It's just awesome.
0: The midshipmen open their season away on November 9th at the University of Virginia. Tip-off time is 9 p.m. That game can be seen on the ACC network. And of course, you can hear the feed on WNAV and wherever you listen to your Navy games. And of course, the first home game is November 12th against Virginia Tech as part of the Navy Men's Basketball Veterans Classic. That game is expected to start around 8.30 p.m. or after the Utah State-Richmond game is complete. Tickets are still available. If you're gonna be in town on Thursday, make sure you check us out at Dry 85 for our live podcast taping. Uh, We'll be giving away some tickets to the Veterans Classic and if uh, you can't make it to E Five, you can still get on navysports.com backslash tickets and get tickets to both the utah state richmond game as well as the navy virginia tech game when we come back we'll hear from coach taylor and talk navy women's basketball you're listening to sing second sports thanks again for listening to sing second sports a special thank you to our sponsors academy Consulting dry 85 and red red wine bar the graduate hotel and she lexus of annapolis now back to the pod all right we are back and it's now time to talk women's basketball the women's basketball team is coached by second year head coach tim taylor the women open their season on november 9th against georgetown at home in alumni hall at 7 p.m and then head up to West Long branch new jersey to play monmouth on friday november 12th at 7 p.m and then come back home on november 16th to play william and mary here's our back and forth with the tool man
1: I was wondering if you could just introduce us to some of the new faces that came in this year. Walk us through a little bit of of who we're going to see this year from the incoming class, what their strengths are, and how much you think they can contribute.
5: You know, I, I think the biggest thing, John, right now, we're bringing in. We only really we're bringing in two. We did end up having a walk on tryout, uh, and we did bring Daryl Langford back, who had been with the team. Uh, and uh, her first two years last year, we did not have tryouts for uh, potential walk-ons or anything like that. She came back in. And, you know, Daryl is extremely athletic. Uh, she's a senior. She's brought a lot of uh, confidence to the team. She may be the most athletic player on our team. So I think her ability to run the floor, her ability to uh, help us in the post, her ability to rebound is really going to be something that I think could eventually help us down the road. I, mean, I think she's got a big learning curve uh, to come back. No, Savannah Lewis is a 6 6'1", um, kind of 3-4 player hybrid out of New Mexico. She's been showing some really good skill work and things like that. She's got some – she shows glimpses, you know, shows glimpses of some really um, good things from someone that she can get out in the floor. She can run. She passes the ball. She has some just natural instincts uh, that potentially could help us. I will say she's – you know, they haven't played in two years. And I will tell you this, I'm not sure how much – they're going to play. It's going to come down to how much that she can absorb. Um, Chris Arjakesi's a, a big, strong guard. May have to play a little bit of the four depending on our depth. She's really shot the ball well. And I think with having Jen and Colby and Imani with their ability to be able to get into the lane, that can lend itself to being able to help us. If you look at the the really athletic Schofield that hit four threes in the game uh, against Lafayette, you know, maybe she can come in and do some of that. Uh, but I do think they've got a huge learning curve, so I really don't know um, what the impact's going to be. Because quite honestly, the high school kids coming in have been out for 18 months, you know, with COVID and things like that. They didn't get a, lot, a big opportunity to play, so it's been a big learning curve for them. I got to
3: feel that you believe a, bit, a big jump from year one to year two, because last year you came in and you had to install new systems, teach mm-hmm. offenses, teach defenses you can hit the ground running a little bit more this season not having to you know reinstall and teach as much wouldn't you say
5: you know I, bill i would uh, agree to a certain to a certain degree on that i think defensively we're definitely better the kids understand the concepts a lot better but offensively you know losing sophie was was a big a big hit to our program because she was so versatile and we ran a lot of things through her engine and so with the new personnel we've got, we've actually changed up our offense a little bit, trying to do some different things. So the defensive side of it, yes. I think our kids definitely understand it. That, you know, we, something as simple as we call it a drill name, they know what it is right away. That may not sound like a whole lot, but when you start adding up minutes over a period of time, it builds over time. So I think that that piece to it, and I think the biggest thing is the culture of the program of how we want it done, what's expected. And they know that, you, you better be able to defend and you better be able to box out and you better be able to rebound. And those are things that you have to do in order to stay on the court. If you're not going to do any of those things, then you may not be there. So I, I think that's just, you know, the non-negotiables of, of our program. And I think that's the biggest thing for me, that uh, it has allowed us to, to hit the ground running a little more and be able to focus a little more on the offensive end. Because we've got to be better offensively. I don't think we were as good as we needed to be last year. I think we were very set-oriented what we're calling things, we're trying to get a little bit more free flowing uh, offensively.
3: So Colby was kind of returning to basketball last season after mm-hmm. missing the end of her previous season, and I'm sure she didn't, you know, work out in practice because she thought she was out of the program. But what uh, I got to figure that Colby is much improved. You expect a uh-huh. out of Colby?
5: Yeah, Colby in general are a different level than they were last year. They're they're, mu- they're much better. Uh, they understand what we want from them. They. You know, it's one of those things. Here's the example I can give both of you. Uh, I mean, all of you, excuse me. But Jen was standing on the sideline, and we were running a play. And she goes, well, Coach, I said, yes. She said, yes. I already knew what she was thinking. You know, there was an adjustment. Like, she saw something, and we didn't even have to have the conversation. Same thing with Colby. So, I think their IQ level's gone up. Their finishing ability's gone up. You know, those two are really competitive. So that's what I've loved about Colby. She, she's been – she's gotten a lot better, Bill. I, I think you're going to see a lot better Colby Green this year as far as she's put in the work, how she's finished around the rim, um, how she's playing defense. And, and she's, she's – she is a pit bull, I'm telling you. She loves to defend, and she's super competitive. So I think you're going to see the best year that Colby's had. And I think, I, I think we're all a little disappointed that she wasn't on the – at least on the all-defensive def- team last year. Um, so hopefully uh, the, the coaches will
3: recognize that a little more this year when she's defending. So obviously uh, we know you got two solid backcourt players, but what about in the front court? You need bigs to defend, rebound, do all the little things. I mean, who are you going to be counting on up front? Who do you feel are your reliables up there in the front court? And you're staring at her right there in the screen if you can see her. So
5: yeah, you know, we just got to get her healthy. I think I think the one thing about CC, you know and she knows this, I only have to tell her one time, you know, it, it comes down and we can show it one time and she gets it. She understands it. I thought she did a tremendous job last year. You know, we were the smallest team in the league last year. We probably will be the smallest team in the league this year. Uh, but I, if I go back and look at it, we were top one, top two rebounding team. So we got to rely on positioning different things like that. I think we really, we're really pounding. And CC can speak to this really working hard on our defensive, uh, Positioning in the post and I think we've got to be able to have some post players finish. I think Morgan had a really, really good spring and a really, really good summer. It's unfortunate that she's been out the last three weeks. So it's really going to be Morgan and, and uh CC. If not, we're gonna be playing five guards and, and battling like crazy. Gonna spread you and drive you and hopefully uh you know, we can make a few shots.
3: So I mean, with I know you don't wanna give injury reports, but I mean, do you expect these players back as you get yeah. rolling into the Yeah, yeah. CC
5: will be back next week. She'll be back into contact next week, so she'll be good to go. You know, Morgan, you know, we're dealing with a back, so we're anticipating her being back shortly. But, you know, that situation, we're not sure. And then we're hoping that, you know, daryl has been out for two years. Hopefully Daryl can help us in the post a little bit with her athletic ability and jumping ability. So,
3: And then last for me, um, you know, when Jen Coleman's a preseason All-Patriot League pick, and she's been pretty much an All-Patriot League player for most of her career, Mm-hmm. Um, what do you tell Jen that you expect out of a all Patriot league player? Well, I think, I think, and
5: Cece can answer to this, you know, Jen, in, in our program, whatever your God given talents are, we're going to hold you accountable to those. So if she's been given more than more is going to be expected out of her. I think the biggest thing Jen and I've had conversations about is becoming a more consistent three point shooter, becoming a more consistent finisher around the rim. And we, we've talked about those things. These are things that you've got to be more consistent in your effort defensively. And so we've given her little things that, hey, not, you need to be an all-Patriot League defensive player, not just an offensive player too. So there's certain things that she can definitely improve on. We sat down and talked about it. You no know, one was the shot. The other is her defensive positioning. So she's she's held um, – Jen's held to a pretty high standard, I would – needless to say, CeCe, would you <laughs> – she can agree to that. So – we're gonna challenge her to be the best player in the league. Flat out, if she's gonna, she she should be the best player in the league. It's coming down to her and um, you know the kid from All-American, Jade Edwards. I think they're two of the really, two of the top players in
1: that league. You just touched on it. You, know, you talked about a really good player on another team. I'm gonna spot hire you as the sing second sports <laughs> Joe Lenardi bracketologist really quick. Uh, how How is the Patriot League one this year, uh, if you're Navy? Like who are the top teams? Who's going to be the really tough matchups for you? Break down break down this conference for us?
5: Well, I, I tell you, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see Bucknell or Boston or Holy Cross in person last year or even Lehigh for that matter. I think you know everybody's got Lehigh as the uh, preseason favorite. You know they won the conference last year, they got everybody back. You know that's a team that really spreads the floor, shoots it uh, really well. Uh, they brought in one or two really good players, so I think they're you know they're the preseason favorite. Boston I didn't get to see, but they finished second last year, and they've got some size. They've got some people returning. I think you you know they're very much a different team. They got a brand new coach, so we don't know how they're going to play. You know um, you know Melissa moved on. I mean Marissa moved on to Wisconsin, and then you've got Bucknell, who's been you know they've been the. Taj Mahal, it's what everybody was chasing for the last three years. I think the biggest thing is they've, they've lost three top players. So how does that respond? You know, who? How does Taylor O'Brien and those guys carry them? So I think that's a big one. i tell you the team that I think is really, really talented that a lot of people are uh, maybe sleeping on is American. I think they're tough. I think defensively they're well coached. Uh, they got arguably the best player in the league in Jade Edwards, uh, who's really a tough matchup. They're Season the they're veteran. Uh, that team, that team is the team that would. Mm, I like them. Let's put it this way: they got one vote for the uh, for that, and I'm not going to say who gave them that vote. So you know, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I think those teams, for us to be able to compete and, and be in that championship game, I think CC's. We got to have health. I mean, just flat out, we we've got to stay healthy uh, as far as the depth and things like that. We our post players have gotta gotta hold their own. P- people can't throw it in on the block, and then we got to be able to make some more threes. We can't make five threes a game and expect to win. I think I think defensively we're gonna be good. I think our kids get in. I think they compete. I don't think they back down. You know, last year we went down ten a couple times. They never get flustered, and, and they figure out a way to get back. So I think for us, is Jenny Colby's got They've got to have great years. Our post players have got to hold their own. They've got to be able to box out, keep it there. You know, make the, make the shots when they have the opportunities. And we've got to find two or three kids that can make corner threes and, and some threes to stretch defense because we've got some kids that can get in the lane and make some things happen.
0: The captain of the women's basketball team is senior Sierra Hertalendi. After appearing in just 16 combined games during her first two seasons with Navy, she was one of only three players to appear in all 12 games this past season. She began her junior campaign strong and immediately put herself in contention for a starting position after grabbing nine rebounds and four blocks in 19 minutes off the bench at George Mason in the season opener. Without further ado... Here is our back and forth with the six-foot senior captain from Martinsburg, West Virginia, Sierra Hertelendi.
1: Walk me through before we get to basketball. It's almost November, and November means envelopes coming your way that tell you what you're doing once the season is over and you're commissioned. Before I ask you a basketball question, what are you hoping that envelope says?
6: Um, So I put in service warfare for my uh, service assignment preference. So fingers crossed, we find out. November 18th, the day after my birthday. So happy late birthday to me. Um, But yeah, I'm excited, excited to uh, see what's happening.
1: Well, Sarah, I'll tell you from personal experience, there's nothing wrong with being a good surface warfare officer. So walk me through what your goals are. Uh, When you found out that you were elected the captain, that you were going to lead this team I'm sure that, you know, based on your training, you probably wrote down some goals, some objectives, what your strategy would be to achieve those. What were those goals and and how are you gonna go about having a successful season?
6: Yeah, so I think um, just first and foremost, we wanna win. You know, that's every team wants to win. Um, And we're looking not just to win, but we're looking long-term like Patriot League champions. Um, And I think that just comes with us showing up focused every day for practice, um, holding each other accountable to get better every day for practice. Um, And I think that's something that we started to get a little better at. Um, We started to come up with like individual goals every day for practice to get better at just little things here and there. Um, And I think ever since we've done that, we've seen a bit of improvement in practice. Um, And just like Doing it together as a team, um, you know, not being individuals on the court. I'm big on you know having that camaraderie both on and off the court.
3: Could you talk about second year under Coach Taylor? Not having to, you know, you're starting from scratch, learning philosophy, systems, etc. The whole coaching style, you know, that you don't have to go through that again this year. Do you feel like you're a little further ahead in that respect?
6: Yeah, I think so. I mean even last year, everything being brand new, I think as a team, we did a pretty great job of, um, you know, listening and understanding to what he wanted and picking up on, you know, his coaching style. And I think the returners this year definitely um, have an idea of what he expects from us. um, You know, what's like, what's going to get us playing time on the court. And just as far as like his whole like coaching style, um, what's important to him, the details, Um, And that's helped us us a lot, I think, you know, having those returners, a good chunk of returners come back and know what he wants.
3: So obviously Jen and uh, Colby are kind of the knowns. So, you know, the general fans and the mids who follow the program know Colby and Jen that they're probably wondering the unknowns or the front court. You know, you got to prove yourselves up there. There's no Sophie anymore. Well, can you talk about the pressure that's on yourself and others up there in the front court too? Give yeah so
6: yeah so we um you know coach actually talked about this yesterday with us post players of you know how we we did kind of get pounded in the post a lot last year um and that's something that teams are definitely going to look to do to us this year so um and you know we have a lot of you know new players trying to play the um the post position you know especially on defense so um i think it's just going to come down to me and Morgan, the returners, you know, playing our role and playing it as hard as we can, but also being there to emphasize how important the post position is, especially on defense um, with these, te- these teams who are bigger than us, who are, you know, pretty physical and um, just trying to hold that, hold up that standard for the n- newer kids to um, really, really understand what it's like to play in the post in the Patriot League.
3: In terms of players improving, are you – is there anyone in particular that you could mention that you've seen really take a leap forward as far as their play, other than the obvious
6: like Jan and Colby? Yeah. I, um, I think I think Imani looks really well in practice. Um, you know, she's been out ever since she got here, and, you know, she just jumped right back in, you know, at the end of um, – or the beginning of preseason last year in the spring and then over the summer, she's just – she looks really great. You know, I think if we could get a little more confidence, um, build her confidence a little bit. Um, but, you know, she's really attacking the basket, you know, shooting it when she's open. And her defense, you know, she's she looks great on defense. I think uh, I think she's the one I think that it has improved a lot. So
3: I think you're picked sixth. Is that right, Alex, in the pre preseason Patriot League? Uh, yep, sixth. Did players care about that? That's, you know, middle yeah. to low of the
6: pack? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as soon as it came out, you know, we hit our group message and talking about, you know, how we were ranked six. And I think we just use that as motivation. You know, um, we we know we have all the pieces. We just got to figure out, you know, as a team and as a program on how to put them all together. And I think when we do, um, people will reconsider picking us six because we're going to be pretty tough to beat once we figure it all out.
3: i like to hear that. That
0: does it for our basketball preview. Again, we hope you'll join us Wednesday night at Dry 85 from 5 to 6 p.m. for our live podcast taping. If you can't make it to dry 85, be sure to catch that pod when it drops on Thursday. Also, we hope to see you at Friday's Veterans Classic game against Virginia Tech. Visit Navy Sports.com backslash tickets uh, to make sure you get your tickets for that Veterans Classic. For John Schofield. Ward Carroll and special guest Bill Wagner. I'm producer Chris Cervello for Sing Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show. And from time to time, we'll be part of podcast segments.